Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the Patrick Lally Show on another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we are going to spend a couple hours here engaged in some energetic, energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics, some music. We might talk a lot about music, actually, today. In fact, we are going to talk a lot about music, but we're also going to talk about politics. Uber producer Dan Peters is in the studio with us. I can see him like he was 10 feet away from me. He is. He's 10 feet away from me. And uh, thanks for spending some time with us on your radio at Information 1000 KSOO. Streamed live at KSOO.com or on the KSOO mobile app. And uh, follow us on Twitter at P. Lally Show. Uh, I'm sick of it, Dan. I am. I just, more rain. More, I, you know what? You know, I just did, I didn't just decide right now, but I decided uh, a couple months ago, I'm going to leave town. I'm out of <gasps> here. Yeah, I can't take it anymore. I'm just going to leave. You're not going to Seattle, are you? No. Okay, <laughs> good. I'm going to Madison, yeah. Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. I'm only going to make it to lacrosse tonight after the show, probably, and then on to Madison for the Trek Cross Cup, the World Cup kickoff for cyclocross racing in the UCI world, which is the Union of Cyclists International. All the greatest cyclocross racers from around this globe will be in Wisconsin this weekend and then Iowa City next weekend, and I'm just going to go hang out with them. That's what's going to happen. Oh, you're going to hang out? You're not going to participate? Oh, there's some participation. Yeah, I'm going to participate, but mostly I'm going to hang out. Yeah, I'm racing, you know, with the old guys and the, children and such so you're going to subsist on cliff bars and things like that over the next uh, week cliff bars and beer (laughs) (laughs) breakfast of champions man (laughs) i'll have this cliff i'll have the carrot cake cliff bar for breakfast and the uh, white chocolate macadamia cliff bar for lunch with the Tonka Bar Chaser. <laughs> Tonka Bar Chaser. That's exactly right. Well, over in Wisconsin, they have some fine, fine beers that you can't get over here in South Dakota. Uh, most notably, the uh, New Glarus line, uh, the Spotted Cow, the Moon Man. But that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, as I said, leaving town after work. But here's the big news, Mr. Peters, Mr. Dan Peters. Throw it on me. Trampled by turtles. Coming back to your Sioux Falls music market. You made mention of that yesterday. I did mention it, and I said I was going to talk more about it today. I got my tickets, and this is crazy, all right? So I saw the announcement, and then so I go uh, from Pepper Entertainment, local uh, uh, you know, promoter, and uh, so I go and I look at the tickets, and it's at the Pavilion, which is awesome. I love the Pavilion. We're going to talk to uh, uh, disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub about this later. He has an alternative view on these things. But I love the pavilion, so I want some tickets, and I want good tickets. So I go on their site, and they're not, they don't go on sale to the public until Friday, tomorrow. I'm like, eh. But I see that you can, if you are a pavilion member, you can get them today. If you are a, com- uh, a, a pavilion donor you could have got them yesterday okay that's fine pre-sale i'm like uh i could become a, i've been a pavilion member on and off you know it's it's a good thing to have you know and I, i'm like oh, i'll just re-up my membership and then i can get in on the sale um yesterday this is yesterday 
And so I'm going through, and I'm just about to punch in my credit card information. And I see I get an email from Spotify. All right. Now, regular listeners will recall recall that I uh, chucked all music storage issues a few months ago, and we went full in with the family membership in Spotify, 15 bucks a month or whatever it is. And it's been great right? You can listen to whatever you want, whenever you want. Well, one of the things that I listen to and one of the artists that I follow on Spotify is Trampled by Turtle. And so I'm just about to put my credit card information into the Washington Pavilion's website to buy my membership to get into the pre-sale when up on my computer screen, I get a little pop-up. It says you have an email from Spotify. It says something about trampled by turtles. So I wonder what that is. Wait a minute. That's where the plot thickens, my friend. And so I open up the email, and it's and this is bizarre. Because I follow Trampled by Turtles on Spotify, they knew that the turtles were coming here. And they said, Hey, turtles are on tour. Are you interested in a pre-sale? And I said, Yes. Could be. Could be. And so I they had a pre-sale code through Spotify. I went to the site, put in the pre-sale code. A couple keystrokes later, boom, got my tickets. So that's, I mean, that I wasn't expecting that. It's this weird world of my interconnected digital footprint, right? Where it anticipates my needs. Did it know I was on the Pavilion website? I don't think so. I think it was just a coinky-dink. I think in the trade they would call that cookies. Cookies. They cookied me. Cookies led you to that. My my cookie crumb trail led Spotify right to my door. Now, what they did was they took money right out of the Pavilion's pocket on that deal. But in an indirect way, because... Some of that will go back to the pavilion when you mm-hmm. actually attend the show. Yeah. And buy most likely some concessions yeah, while you're true. at the show. I would probably buy some concessions. That that has been my MO. So that show is uh not for a while. It's not till January eighteenth. But if nothing else, I have now guilted you into it because you have said so on the radio yeah. and people will hold you to that. That's true. And now I'll probably have to get the membership anyway. <laughs> You know, and I'm happy because I love going to the pavilion uh, to see shows, and they just don't have enough shows that are of interest to me. That's not always their fault. I understand that. There are dynamics at play here. But uh, I've seen the Turtles now. I think this will be the fourth time. And I've seen them at the pavilion, or not the pavilion, the Orpheum a couple of times. I've seen them at the district, which was the last time they were here, and now the pavilion. And I prefer the pavilion uh, as a venue. Orpheum's fine, but it's, it's a small venue. Uh, and so I like to be, and so they, they for shows like this, they put uh, chairs in the orchestra pit, and that's awesome. And I'm willing to pay the top dollar for the ticket to be there. And now I have been there. I saw Wilco right there, same seats, Wilco, uh, uh uh, Jason Isbell, and now the Turtles from right up there in the second row. So I'm very happy that I got the tickets I wanted for an artist I really like in a venue that I enjoy. What could be better than that, Dan? 
hitting the trifecta at the Kentucky Derby. That would be a little bit better. That would be better. Winning a huge lottery. That would be, you know, okay, there are a lot of things that could be better than that, but on a cold night in the middle of January, out in the middle of South Dakota, what could be better than a little hard-edged bluegrass? You're not settling, I will tell you that. You are not settling. You are a cut above in this deal. (laughs) I have achieved, frankly. And uh, we're going to talk more about the Turtles in a little bit, but I am very happy. I hope to see uh, all my friends there, all my Turtle friends. And uh, we're going to be listening to a lot of... I play the Turtles already as bumper music, but I usually only use two songs, uh, Codeine and uh, Wait So Long. And I, but I'm in the, in between now and then I'm going to load up a whole bunch more. We are going to, we are going to explore the depths of turtle music between now and January 18th. Uh, maybe we can get an interview with Dave Simonet. That I believe is a possibility. I got to talk to my friends at Pepper Entertainment. They could do it. Yeah, they could do that. They could make that happen. That'd be fun. Maybe just do two hours with Dave. We'll just do two hours of turtle music. Our, our bosses wouldn't mind that, would they? Tom Hinchis might get a little bit jealous because he only <laughs> went one hour with him. That's right. That's right. Uh, we have a great show for you today. Uh, our guests are uh, City Councilor Kurt Sale. And, you know, I, I should, I'm going to ask him when he's in here. I've heard his name pronounced many, many times, and I forgot to. Is it, do you think it's Sell or Soul? I think it's Sale. 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 It's S-O-E-H-L, right? S-O-E-H-L. Yeah. Kurt Sale. Kurt Sale. Kurt Sale. It's almost like Kurt Tail, only it's Kurt Sale. But I could be wrong. Well, he's going to be here. Yeah. So, so we'll ask him. He'll uh, be for the record. <laughs> and he'll be here for the hour. In the second hour, we'll be talking about city politics. Kurt, of course, just took over the seat in the Central District. This will be his, her first time on the show as a sitting counselor, so that will be fun. Uh, we have a uh, very special weird friend appearance by disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub, as I mentioned, and we will talk turtles and other music. Uh, we share a lot of common traits. He's just back from a uh, like a uh, world tour, concert tour. So we'll talk about that. And I'll have a PNL statement just after the break. Today's topic: public versus private ambulances. It's true. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand K S O O. Three twenty-one on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and we—it is time. It is time of the day for the PNL statement when we chat about uh, news, mostly news, things that make me upset and that sort of thing. Sometimes it's other stuff, but you know, mostly it's news. And uh, today it's a story that uh, was published, I believe, this morning, just recently. I'm sorry, it was last night. Last night, eight fifty-five p.m. at Argus Leader Media by a friend of the show, Joe Sneavy, the City Hall reporter. And his uh, story is, it's analysis. Don't expect Sioux Falls Fire Rescue to take over ambulance service anytime soon. Sioux Falls will decide this fall whether it wants to keep its private for-profit ambulance provider around for a few more years. Paramedics Plus has served the city in that capacity since 2015 and has earned an endorsement of support from City Hall thanks to regularly exceeding its contracted obligations like getting to dire calls in nine minutes or less. The city council, though, will make the final decision on whether or not to give the for-profit ambulance company a six-year contract extension or look for another company 
to take over. But there's also a third option on the table. Do away with the for-profit model that relies on payments from the people who use it and switch to a publicly run ambulance system similar to the ones found in many of the country's largest metropolitan cities like Los Angeles, Houston, and Chicago. So they're looking at it, right? Investigating that model has support from a few city councilors and various city activists who put Paramedics Plus in their crosshairs. And even Mayor Paul Tenhaken's administration said he's studying the method of emergency transportation eventually is an eventuality for the city, but don't expect it anytime soon. Uh, So here's the deal. Um, We, for a long time, as long as I can remember, uh, going back to Sioux Falls Ambulance, Orland Cheddar and the gang, uh, we've had a private ambulance company, right? And then we had uh, uh, Rural Metro, and now we have Paramedics Plus. And, you know, the world has changed a lot since uh, uh, Orland Cheddar was running the ambulance service. We're three times as big, and we, uh, they're, they're just the world of, of, of medicine has changed. There's way more, there's bigger companies that are doing it, et cetera, right? So let's, I want to rewind just for a second back to the early Caretrom days. Many of you people won't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, Caretrom was Jay Major's effort to break into the Sioux Falls market with an ambulance service. And uh, he was rebuked. And now he, of course, runs MedStar out of Brandon. But during that conversation in the late 80s, early 90s, I said at that Tempest, I, I need to go back and find this. But I'm pretty sure I said, how come we don't have a public ambulance service? It made sense then. It makes sense now. Um, you can go into all the particulars about whether or not Paramedics Plus is responding properly or all that. And uh, the mayor's chief of, deputy chief of staff in this story by Mr. Sneevy says that, you know, it would, it, it, would, it would require an incredible lift. It would take a long time. It would cost a lot of money. I'm severely paraphrasing there. And yes, it would cost some money on the front side, but we already have a fire department that goes to everything and police that go to a lot of things. We are already responding in many ways. We would have to buy ambulances. All our firemen are EMTs. They, or most of them, they uh, right now can't perform life-saving, administer life-saving care. Now, I believe that's going to change soon, but... In terms of an integrated system, I believe it makes the most sense to have a public ambulance service. It will take a little while to do it. That's true. It's not something you can start tomorrow, but I think for the long-term benefit of the city, it's going. it would be better. And um, as uh, TJ Nelson says, we aren't paying anything for it now. Well, that's not exactly true. Okay? And... The fact of the matter is that Paramedics Plus is making money off the ambulance service just because the city takes it over and you have a public service doesn't mean people wouldn't pay for it anymore. Okay, you would pay for it. So the notion that it's a monstrously expensive thing to run doesn't really wash. I mean, there's revenue associated with it. You would have to run it well, right? But as Pat Starr says, Councillor Pat Starr is quoted in the story saying, 
I look at it as a, a utility and it needs to be studied and it does need to be studied and the administration is going to study it. But what I want them to do is to go into it with a very open mind. And we have the mayor on Monday, by the way, and we'll ask him about it. We'll ask Kurt Sale about it today. I got a, by the way, I got a pronunciation from uh, Scott Arisman, friend of the show, Scott Arisman. So it's Sale. I appreciate that, Scott. But a public ambulance service is something we should seriously, seriously consider and start planning for now. If we would have planned for it during the Caretrom days, we would have it by now. So you have to start somewhere. Paramedics Plus, you know, uh, they're, they may be doing a fine job here. I'm not questioning that. But they have gotten in trouble in other communities there's a risk there when you have a private company. So far, we haven't had any real problems. There's some little stuff, no real problems. But let's not let it become a real problem. Let's start that serious discussion today, have it earnestly, have it forthrightly, and have it honestly, and let's get everything on the table and look at it. That's the bottom line on today's PNL statement. You can agree or disagree with me. I'll certainly do that. Send me an email, patrick at kso.com. Go on our Twitter feed, at P. Lally Show. Uh, love to hear from you. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, it's, uh, it's disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub, and we are friends. I mean, he was right in the middle of the Caratron thing, uh, and you know he might be able to shed some light on it. My bet is he's not for a public ambulance service. Let's just say that. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Thirty-six on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and as promised, trampled by turtles, wait so long, it's going to start rocking here for you in a minute. I could never pretend that I don't love you, you could never pretend that I'm your man, that's exactly the way that I want it, it's exactly the way that I am, and you call me in the morning with your troubles, taking it downtown every night, I could never place a star that night. Oh, and we bring in on the phone to discuss the glory that is Trampled by Turtles, uh, disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub, who's our weird friend of the day. Mr. Staub, are you as happy as I am with the return of the Turtles? I am. I got my tickets, thanks oh. to a heads up from a certain Patrick Lally. Oh, nice work, dude. Did uh, Did you get good tickets? Uh, front row in the balcony, because I can't sit with the unwashed masses. Oh, uh, you should have come down in the front row in the orchestra pit with me. No, I'm concerned about the quality of people in the front few rows. So. Oh, I can understand that. Yeah, well, I got no one standing. I'll have nobody standing in front of me in the front row on the balcony. So, uh, well, that's true. And the other thing is that, uh, and I, as you said yesterday, nobody wants to sit down at a turtles concert. Right. So the uh, it's trampled, not yep, turtles. I know, trampled by turtles at a trampled concert. We're shorten it there to just go. trampled. That's how we do that. Well, turtles is very inaccurate. Yeah, TBT well, trampled to be trampled to be better. Yeah, okay. Well, like Isabel, I don't like when people say that either. No, Jason, we just call him. We're Jason. gonna do it, our friend. Yeah, our friend so. Jason, who we get to see from time to time. Um, hey, so uh, 
this will be how many times you have seen the turtles the trampled, trampled. by turtle trampled <laughs> trampled by turtles i should just say i don't know why i shorten it it's stupid to shorten TBT. it trampled by turtles tbt I, you've seen I them many times 12 15 times i suppose i flew to anchorage to see them once holy cow what was that like um, my sister lives there too, so I stopped to see her as well. Oh, okay. I'm there. They are at a music festival in Nilchik. If you know where Nilchik is in Alaska, uh, I've been to Alaska, but I don't remember being to Nilchik. If you went to Homer, you drove through Nilchik. I was in Homer. I was on the spit. Um, yeah, so really cool. It was an outdoor festival, and they had all these different groups. And Brandy Carlisle was there, and TBT was there, and it was awesome because there were only like four or five thousand people there, and it was beautiful. I mean, the weather was perfect, and yeah. So um, you're, you're a big fan then. So yes. uh, what do you think, uh, why are you a fan of, of Trampled by Turtles? What is it that appeals to you about them? Because you have pretty wide tastes. As do you. Well, I try. I mean, you and I both are kind of eclectic in our musical yeah, taste. That's I mean, true. You know, we're big Journey fans, you and I both. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Um, no. No. <laughs> um, the song alone hooked me. Um, I woke up from a drunken stupor watching David Letterman one night, <laughs> and they were coming on. I'd never heard heard of a period. Mm-hmm. And they did alone, and they started going, it's like, a pretty good song, and it mm-hmm. kept going. I go, this is a good song. It's like, this is a really good song. Well, and then, you know, it's 11 30 at night because it's, you know, Letterman closed out his shows with the bands mm-hmm. every time. And so I'm immediately on YouTube popping up everything trampled by turtles and, um, and let's just admit it, Stars and Satellites, one of the best albums ever put together yeah. on God's Green Earth. So um, it's just an awesome album. So It's very good. And uh, they have a new record. And I should have it right at my tips of my fingers, and I don't, but I'm going to in just a second. And, and uh, uh, I have not listened to that one as much. But it's, you know, do you think, I mean, they're mellowing a little bit. But that's all right. It, you know, we're all getting older. Yeah, that happens. But they still, I mean, I've never seen a lot. I have seen a lot of really good live shows, but what they do is somehow produce this incredible kind of rock and roll energy. And it's still just bluegrass. Correct. Right? It, Correct. But it has an energy beyond. And I like bluegrass, but it's something more than bluegrass. You know, and Let's I don't know go, what that is. Let me ask you this question. Yep. If 10, maybe 15 years ago, you were looking at enjoying music, would you ever consider a banjo and a fiddle a necessary thing, banjo and or a fiddle, a necessary instrument to be on a decent album? No. No. God, no. No. Now it's like when, like when Isabel plays, if a man is not there without her fiddle, not doesn't, as good. It doesn't sound um, as good, no. You know, and then a lot of the um, uh, uh, Mumford and Sons, don't one of them play the banjo? Yeah, and they didn't uh, They make, They make. didn't have banjo on their last record or something. Or maybe that was the Avet Brothers, and people got all upset. By the way, the album's called Life on the Open Road. I just remember. Yeah, so uh, it's, I think it's part of the aging process, also part of the maturing process as a music aficionado. Mm-hmm. I mean, your tastes have gotten better over the years, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens with anything as you mature as a music person. Um, you know, you listen to that crap that's on the radio on top 40. It's horrible. Mm. Um, and the kids that like it now, it's like me liking Journey. If you look, if I started listening to Journey now and go, 
sorry, no. Um, but <laughs> I, I didn't have very good. That. Well, <laughs> you know, I listened to that album over and over and over in college. So, yeah, um, Escape. Um, but you mature as a, like I said, as a music listener. Well, and, then, and I think that, you know, Trample by Turtles didn't invent Americana music or anything, but they did kind of open, the, and some other bands. I'm not. But they kind of started to pave the way for uh, Americana kind of variations on it to be popular among, you know, yes. young people, which yes. is kind of amazing when you think about it. Yeah, you go to a TBT concert, there's a lot of 20-somethings in those audiences. Mm-hmm. So, and there's um, a lot of uh, thrashing about, too. There is. Um, the very first time my wife and I went to a TBT concert, I had no clue what was going on. We're at the Orpheum, get there early sit in the front row thinking, all right, I'm in the front row because by chance we just hadn't be downtown and, you know, it's, we weren't going to, we live out east of town, so I wasn't going to drive all the way home. Mm-hmm. So to make a long story short, I wasn't aware that one doesn't sit during a Trample by Turtles concert. So here this 50-year-old man and his, well, my 29-year-old wife <laughs> um, are standing at the stage with all these 20-somethings yeah. for two hours. I mean, yeah. like I said to my wife, we can go sit down somewhere, but I will never do this again. So, yeah, we stood front and center. I think I saw you at that show, actually. I think I took a picture of you at that show. I don't remember. Well, I'm on their website. My back of my head's on their website. Yeah, well, there you go. uh, uh, They played at the Orpheum a few times, and those shows were sold out and just nuts. They were nuts. Well, the first time that I saw them, it was right after I discovered them on Letterman, and they ended up here in Sioux Falls within a month or two of being on Letterman and, and... of course, I had signed up for their Facebook page and all that by then. And mm-hmm. when they announced the Sioux Falls shows, I come upstairs screaming at my wife, the turtles are coming, the turtles are coming. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and they've been there twice, and they've been to the district at least once, probably twice. So yeah, I didn't like it's it been here much. a couple times. I didn't like it as much at the district. It was fine. It was a really good show, <sighs> and, and it's, it's open so everybody can do their thing. So that What was is fun. it with the district that I just can't get into that building? I like it when you can sit uh, up in the balcony. It's fun. It's yeah. Fun. Then it, just, then I like. I just don't like standing that much. I have been doing some seated shows there. I saw, I saw uh, uh, bare naked ladies there. That was really good. That would have been a cool show. Yeah. I saw. Mm. Um, oh, I've seen actually Dropkick Murphys. I saw there, and that was really good. So, I, I, it's hard. I don't like to stand though. I'm like you. I, we're getting old, Patrick. I know. I know. It's a problem. Um, so you've got your tickets. I've got my tickets. Uh, I don't know if Dan's got his tickets yet, but I'm sure he'll be there. And, Are you uh, taking your lady friend with you? Yeah, of course I am. I'm not going. To, I'm not going alone. You could have asked me, but that's well, fine. It's too late now. Well, you don't want to sit down with us anyway. I, you don't want to be I, down you know, there. If I know there isn't going to be 1,400 people that I don't want to stand and look the back of the heads i would sit in the front but i I don't think it's going to be a standing or sitting show so well and this is your you said yesterday when i told you about this that you're like that's that's the worst place ever for for right they should not be there that's a horrible i I apologize to pepper entertainment that was a horrible place to book trampled by turtles i think they be i think the numbers make it absolutely necessary because you can't get that many people into the district or any of these other places right I, I don't know what's the district hold. I mean, like a thousand, twelve hundred, something like that. Well, can't be. They're that not. Do uh, you think they're going to put that many people in the pavilion? Mm, yeah, 
I think they'll do at least that. And also, I think the, the tickets were a little more because it's at the pavilion. This is the most I paid for a Trample by Turtle show by about a factor of three. So yeah, they're out there a bit. Was it fifty, sixty bucks? Yeah, it was fifty some bucks, fifty two bucks. What's with all these different? Is there a ticket fee and a handling fee? That yeah. kind of crap irritates me. <laughs> oh, I don't know who's. I don't know. Well, who's what's the difference a between a handling fee and a ticket fee? Because one was like six and one was like four. Yeah, I, mean, I, I get that they're screwing us, but yeah, you you expect that going in, but I don't uh, know. Well, I have no this, idea. This latest revelation with Ticketmaster or whoever it was. You know, we all knew it, and they finally confirmed it that they've been illegally jacking the prices on these tickets. So, yeah, well, we're gonna be a whole nother show. You and I can discuss. Yeah, well, we got you going to hang with me for a little bit. Sure, as long uh, as you want, Patrick. I'd do anything for you within reason. I appreciate. I like what you asked the other day, but you know, most stuff. (laughs) We'll talk about. Oh my God, we'll talk about uh, uh, your recent tour music tour how's that sound it was a tour too i had three in a week three in ten days that's pretty cool i want to hear all about it we're gonna gonna come right back with disgruntled former city commissioner matt staub on weird friends take you out a little more wait so long by trampled by turtles 351 on the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo and it's codeine by trampled by turtles And that uh, shows some of the power of Trampled by Turtles there. And we're talking with disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub on Weird Friends because he's the uh, he's the biggest Trampled by Turtles fan I know. So Now, have I told you my... Uh, have you seen the Trampled by Turtles Walt Whitman uh, on the Squidbillies on Adult Swim? Uh, seen you that have, video? You have told me about it. Oh, you, you've got to go to it and watch that. It's just... I got it on now, so it's kind of funny. So, yeah. And that's, you went and asked him about that, didn't you? Well, and what it is, is if you know, everybody knows Squidbillies, I'm sure that it's an animated thing. And, and they made a a cartoon of them playing for the Squidbillies. Well, you You showed it to me at the bait shop one day. Correct. Yeah. And they introduced him as 38 special. And when they got done playing that, I yelled, oh, 38 specials. And they all thought that was pretty funny. So. (laughs) Trampled by Turtles, guys. That, that's anyway, uh, so you, uh, Trampled by Turtles, January 18th, uh, the pavilion, we're all going. Um, uh, the, But you just got back from a long, how far did you drive on this tour of uh, basically the Western North American continent? Well, it was a two-step tour, two-part tour. The first one was to Minneapolis and back in a single night to see Lyle Lovett at the State Theater in beautiful downtown Minneapolis. So that was Wednesday night. And then Saturday morning, the wife and the children, and my adult children, I might add, jump in the car. We drive to Calgary, Alberta, Canada to see Future Islands, who you know about now, thanks mm-hmm. to Justin here at Northview Bait Shop. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. Awesome show. Just that guy's Calgary weird. is such a cool town. So mm-hmm. It's fun. Um, 
another one I discovered from Letterman, who I never really did like, but he was Letterman's got great taste in music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we headed over to uh, Missoula, Montana, to watch uh, Jason Isbell for the thirteenth time. So, That's amazing. That's an amazing. Well, you you went all the way to Red Rock. Yeah, to but see I, him. I mean, you tell me about that. <laughs> I will sometime when we get you back on the show because we're out of time now. We talked right. about turtles so much, the trip by turtles so much that we ran out of time. Right. But I, you got to come back on again real soon anyway. All you got to do is invite me. I know. We'll get an all hour. Right. I, I was, I'll text you. We'll set something up. Sound right. good? Have a nice day. You see ya. All Matt right. Staub, disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub on Weird Friends. And we'll go out with some turtles for you. This is a public service announcement with guitar. 358 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSWO. Hey, now through September 30th, it's Great American Milk Drive. One in four children go hungry. Milk is an essential part of a child's diet. The next time you're checking out groceries at any Sioux Falls Hy-Vee, tell them you would like to donate either a half or a full gallon of milk to the Great American Milk Drive. Your donations help Feeding South Dakota and provide milk to kids in your neighborhood who can't afford it. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to talk with Kurt Sale, city councilor. Stay with us. Information 1000 KSOO. Four oh seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and uh, you know me, I love local politics, local government, talking about the issues that are important to you. And in that regard, we have with us today City Councilor Kurt Sale. He represents the Central District and was elected in actually was it May first? Was yes. he? Yeah, May first was the actual election. So you have now been in the chair for uh, three months, four yeah, months, something like that, over four. So uh, is it everything you thought it would be and more? Uh, yes. Yes, it's been. It's been all of that. I've learned so much about zoning that uh, I didn't know going in. <laughs> um, is it, uh, are you enjoying it, though, being on the council? I am. I am. The, uh, the working with the mayor and the new the senior staff that he has has been very refreshing. To get to know the department heads at a different level is good. Understanding the budget at a deeper dive than a normal citizen gets, it's been, uh, that's been very enlightening for me. You've just come off the long budget process. Um, as you got into it and, under, and, and really started to tear it apart, it was the first time for this administration as well. Uh, uh, you know, it's a 400 and some odd million dollar budget. It's ginormous. Um, were there surprises for you under the weeds, under the rocks, in the dark corners of the budget when you got in there? Uh, some of the things that surprised me was like the amount of equipment the Parks Department actually owns and what they need for the Great Bear Ski Valley and what the cost of replacement for some of those things mm-hmm. were. Uh, as we talked about public works, the amount of money that it's going to take going forward for us to upgrade the wastewater treatment plant is uh, $260-odd million. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that I were taken back a little bit is the projections that the finance department and the mayor senior staff had about the growth of Sioux Falls. Last year, their budget was set at 1% growth. This year, it was up about 4.3%. We have no... Uh, statistical data or economic forecasting that says that's going to happen. But based on the past few months, it looks like Sioux Falls is coming out. It's turning the corner. We're going to continue to grow as we have in the past. 
with that said, I'm very hesitant, and I mentioned that at the council meeting, mm-hmm. for us to dedicate $498 million budget, largest budget we've ever had. And uh, a lot of people on the council, including the mayor, consider themselves to be conservative fiscally. Mm-hmm. But this is, as you said, ginormous. It's huge. So I think we are going to be diligent going forward. Uh, there were recommendations by the council during the process to the department heads to make sure that there was no fat in it. We'll have to wait and see how we are in the next six months. You did talk about that the council meeting on Tuesday night when you approved the, uh, let's just call it a half a billion dollar budget from now on, just to round it up. Um, the And you specifically mentioned those growth projections. Um, what do you think are the threats to that growth? I would say the farm economy is the biggest threat to what we do. As we continue down a trade path with our partners like China, uh, it, it hurts the ag economy. Uh, some of our my friends in farming will be getting some soybean uh, checks. I'll call them the soybean checks to set, offset the tariffs that have been put on. But that's only 42 cents on the dollar for what they would have got on the open market if the tariffs had not been there. So I see the ag economy to be our biggest threat right now. Also, number two on that, we don't have the workforce in place in Sioux Falls right now to fuel the growth that a lot of businesses want to have. They're hesitant to do that. Uh, and it's, it's a problem not, across the country. It is a problem yeah. across the country. We need more workers in Sioux Falls. And it's not just the doctors and the lawyers that we need. We also need the dishwashers and we need the janitorial staff that happens. That's one of the things that the mayor and his budget— On the trades. The, the trades, we're continuing to battle that too. The mayor and his budget had taken some part-time positions in in custodial and made them full-time because then we can attract people that get a full-time job and benefits, Mm -hmm. which we can get some more people in that. Yes, the trades also we need. We saw another $100,000 appropriated by the city council to Southeast Technical for their apprenticeship program. Which, uh, just to, I mentioned this on the program on Wednesday. I was a little surprised by that. There was no pushback on that. There's a you know a lot of conversation about some other amendments and you know there's a lot of subtext there but the uh, hundred thousand dollars to Southeast Technical Institute for uh, an org- a, a, a institution that has already has taxpayer support at two different levels was a little odd to me. Well, it might have been odd, <clears throat> but I think it was appropriate. If if Sioux Falls is the city of Sioux Falls is going to do what it can do to attract good workers to our city that might be a small portion of what we can do they have a good program out there you know the building trades of the FLCA also have a very good program and for years patrick when i was in my formidable early working years you could not get into their Mm -hmm. apprenticeship program because there was a waiting list you Mm -hmm. had to know somebody today they have openings that they cannot fill now that is a very good long-term uh, occupation if you wanted to be a, in the carpenters union or the electrical union that's where you could really have a great career so we're seeing that there's just not enough people not enough people to and, fill how, these and, positions. and how are we sioux falls going to solve a workforce problem that people are having elsewhere what do we need to do to make this a place people want to move rather than convincing them to come here and take a job you know what i'm saying there's a difference there's a difference between going out, recruiting somebody, and trying to convince them to move here or even apply, and people wanting to move here and looking for the jobs. Well, I agree with you. I think as we at the 
CVB and other places have done a fine job of attracting, I will say, the higher income jobs, the people that are looking for lacrosse leagues or they're looking for the Washington Pavilion. Mm -hmm. Those people that are coming to the building trades, we have to make this a better place for them to raise their families than a Minneapolis, than a St. Louis, than a Denver, so that they want to come here for the family life. I think we saw a great step forward with that just on Tuesday with the vote for the schools. Mm-hmm. And overwhelmingly, we voted for a tax increase. And I, I can't remember the last time there's been an 80% well, there's approval. Never, there's never been 80% yeah. approval. That, that, I talked about this yesterday, but that's not your issue. That's a school district issue. We don't need to go into it. You don't get 85% approval. You just don't unless you have, unless you have changed the system to the degree to which people don't go vote. And that's what happened. That was, that was almost, I would, this is not malicious on their part. I understand that, but that's voter suppression is what that is. It's voter suppression by not, uh, by making it difficult to vote. They didn't do it on purpose. It's the, the way that system is, but that's not your problem, Kurt. That's not why we have No, that's here. not we're here. But I do think <laughs> I, I've had friends ask me about what I felt about that. Yeah. And I think it shows that Sioux Falls is willing to do what it takes to move this city forward. And good education is part of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I would agree with that 100%. That is a way, if you have a quality education system in, in the city, that's going to attract people. I would say that the state's reputation for supporting education hurts our city in some ways. Would you agree with that? Yes. Thank you. We're going to come right back and talk more with Kurt Sale. He is the city councilor from the Central District, and uh, he's still, you know, he's got his feet wet now. He's, he's in about knee-deep as a city councilor. We'll see if we can't push him, you know, into the deeper water here in a minute. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 420 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we are chatting with Kurt Sale. He is the city councilor representing the Central District in Sioux Falls, one of the eight councilors. And uh, he is. Uh, we've been chatting about uh, the budget and uh, things of this nature. Um, uh, you, when we got off the, when we were leaving the air there, we were talking about the school uh, vote. Um, it, it was a big number. Uh, and you were talking about the need for that in terms of uh, workforce development um, and having supplying good education. And I'm interested in the point you were making there was making the city attractive for basically middle-class working families, right? I mean, that's the point I was getting. What, what other things can we do to make this a place where you would pick up your family and move here and take a job in the trades or in, in manufacturing or in, in any of these good jobs that we do have open that we need filled if you've got a young family or you're starting a family. Uh, what other kinds of things would we do? Well, I think the, the bus service is critically critical to that because not everybody that comes to Sioux Falls is going to have a double car garage and two vehicles and being able to drive back and forth. We need to continue to make our bus service one that will grow. We saw actually in the reports this year that some of the ridership has gone down. So we're working with the, the Metro Transportation to try and figure out what that is, what we can do to improve. And those people that you might start out riding the bus, hopefully you can wor- work your way up in your either current occupation or your next occupation so you can move up. So we need more starter homes along with that. We need to make sure they're in the right location. 
Uh, one of the things that concerns me is the the growth that's happened in the core area, the working class houses. It seems like they're being gobbled up and mm-hmm. moved out. We just saw an issue with LifeScape. They needed more parking, and, and I love LifeScape. They do a great thing for children. Uh, but that is an issue as some of those houses are moved out. So we continue to try and find that balance. And what can the city do to help with those projects that are going to bring affordable housing? I mean, I've talked to Candy Hansen from Sioux Falls Thrive about how we can work together on things like that. So it's a never-ending process. There is no silver bullet to make that happen. So I would say affordable housing, transportation, opportunities for growth, good schools, those are all things that we could attract people with. You're falling right into all the things I want to talk about, Kurt. You're right in my list here. And transportation is one of them, particularly, I mean, here's the thing that bothers me the most, okay, is that there's this idea that only people in the core in your district need busing, right? Well, the fact of the matter is, is we're building the much of the affordable housing, whether it's subsidized or just affordable, is a long way from the middle of town. Correct. Correct. And, and some of the things that go into that, Patrick, is there was a, uh, a planned uh, effort years ago in the city not to build uh, different economic communities inside the city. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to have all the rich people in one area and all the working people mm-hmm. in the other area. So they've kind of been dispersed. Yes, we need to be able to make sure that people on the west and the south side can get to their jobs if they happen to be on the north side. You and I can remember back when it was Hutchinson Technology. Mm-hmm. Not everybody there was driving back and forth. It's a long ways to that north end of Sioux Falls if you live on the south side. So buses have to be able to do that. Uh, we go back to Lytton Industries. We can go mm-hmm. to Morrell's. All those places where blue-collar people were working, and they might take a bus. So bus routes are very, very important to us. It's one of the things that there ha- the code has not been cracked yet on transportation in cities our size. No. So we're going to have to make an investments. We're Hopefully, we, as I become better educated, we can make smart investments in those areas so we can move that forward. It's a very interesting thing uh, that you're talking about there because um, – this idea that if you are a, uh, you know, a, a man, woman, uh, two men, two women, whatever, but if you've got a family, then you're going to have to have at least two cars, right? Well, that's a huge expense. People, I, nobody really realizes the proportion of money that people in the middle and, and working class levels of the, you know, say below the median, which is in Sioux Falls, median income is like 64000 or $68,000, which is a lot. Seems like a lot. But if you take people from, from say, household incomes from thirty to 60000 the proportion of money they're spending for cars and car maintenance is huge. And that's just taking money right out of their pockets that they could be spending on you know, other needs. Yes, it, it's it, it's uh, something that has, that, like I say, there's no secret weapon when it comes to that. Patrick, I think as we look forward, and I'm educated by the younger people, uh, I think electric cars are going to help that. I also think driverless cars in the future that you and I will see will help those neighborhoods. If you have a neighborhood and they have five families that have children mm-hmm. going to school at different levels, a driverless car, 
take little Mary to, to kindergarten, then they can come back and pick up little Johnny going to the eighth grade. And then my, maybe mom and dad can go to work and not have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. So I think somebody with a, uh, somebody smarter than me is going to have to figure that out going forward. But I think that's an opportunity we can't turn our backs to going forward. There is no silver bullet. It is hard when you're lower middle class. You have to work hard to do that. I know I've been there. I know how to, what it takes. It takes time. It takes years. It takes diligence to work your way out of that. But the, it's such, I, it, the thing that drives me crazy, I already said it, is the waste of money for people who just don't have it. Cars are expensive. Ah, drives me nuts. Uh, we're going to come right back and talk more with Kurt Sale. He is the city councilor from the Central District. Right after this, news and weather from Mr. Dan Peters. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, we have in the studio with us City Councilor Kurt Sale. Sale. I always want to say Sale. That's okay. I, Kurt Sale. He is uh, represents the Central District. Has been on the council now for about three or four months, and uh, he's he's very excited to be in public service. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's going on right now. Um, should we consider converting to? You're a former fireman. Yes. Right. Should we consider converting to a public ambulance service? Yeah, I think we should consider everything when it comes up. The ambulance has uh, performed up to standards according to the REMSA. They've asked for in their contract. They've asked for an extension. We can do that up to six years. It is 18 months from, I believe it's in May 2020, when this contract ends. So they can ask for 18 months ahead of time for a six-year extension, which puts that out over seven years Mm -hmm. from now. I'm very hesitant to do that. That's a long, long time. I understand that they've met the criteria under the current contract. I think we always have to consider what's best for the citizens of Sioux Falls. Is it best to go to the fire department today? Nobody's convinced me of that. I know what the fire department can do, but also understand the cost that would be associated with that. I'm going to meet with the fire chief tomorrow, Brad Goodroad, who actually who was a brand-new recruit when I was a training officer, so I got a <laughs> uh, little input on Brad's great career. But Can you still call much. him a probie? No. no. <laughs> I wish. Uh, actually, it's, it's interesting to work with those people that are now senior officers. I think we should consider everything, Patrick. Unfortunately, the way it's going to, this contract or the extension is going to go down, we have a short period of time to offer them up to six years so the city council if they decide to say we want a one-year extension yeah. two-year extension and then the uh, they would have to accept that the paramedics plus would have to accept that extension i'm trying to figure out uh, i've always been taught to follow the money i'm not convinced that right as we sit here today that the current ownership of paramedics plus is who we want to be in bed with going forward it's owned by a a bunch of New York businessmen. And they've gotten in trouble. And the old ownership has gotten in trouble, Mm -hmm. not the new ownership. So my understanding is they paid the $21 million fine to facilitate the sale to who owns it today. I'm still going to continue to do my due diligence as much as we can as city councilmen to to make sure that it's financially viable for the company that's operating. I don't have, I, I can't, tell you that i have issues with their performance because i don't those are i mean those are kind of two separate discussions there because if there's an issue with performance you you say well we want to let it out we're gonna see if who else might want to do this for us right 
if there's if that was the issue. But what we're talking about here is should the city for the long term health of the community and serving the community take over the ambulance service? Right. That's a great question, and I'm going to continue to explore that. I know that it would be significant amount of dollars have to be put in the system to do that. Up front. Up front. And if the, the profit for this is the transport, the non-emergency transport is where the ambulances are profitable, mm-hmm. hauling somebody to Mayo or go to Minneapolis mm-hmm. or Kansas City. I don't know if the city, personally, I don't know if firemen want to get in that. I don't know if we want to be into that. That is a huge risk to go forward. And we have somebody doing it today that is not costing us, essentially not costing us anything. There's minimal fees, but it's not costing us anything. Can we give better service to the citizens of Sioux Falls? Probably. Well, we respond to all emergency calls. Correct. 911, I believe they dispatch. They hit the all call and they all roll. Firemen go to everything. Yeah, it sure seems like it. And does, now, you have to walk me through this if I get this wrong, okay? Right now, a fireman, when the firemen show up, because they're always, almost always first, or a lot of times you're the first ones there, because there's a lot of fire trucks. Correct. Fire stations. They are all EMTs or mostly EMTs. Anybody that's on a responding truck is probably a paramedic, or trained as an EMT. Trained right? as an EMT. Um, but they they have limits on what they can do when they get there, right? Correct. And and so they can't administer life-saving procedures. Is that right? Uh, well, most of them are life-saving procedures, but certain things are not allow, allowed today. I believe it's uh, like starting IVs or doing mm-hmm. intubations. Those are limited by their training and limited by what REMSA believes that they're capable to do uh, at a higher level. I believe that we are con- currently moving for more abilities of the firemen to utilize their skills. But that also goes with a lot more training. Yeah. It also goes a lot more liability. It does make sense, though. It does think? make sense to let those uh, the, the firefighters do everything they can do uh, while they're there at the scene. Uh, and, you know, back when I started, we didn't even have defibrillators. Mm-hmm. And then the defibrillators were manual, and now they're automatic, so they can do a lot more things while they're there. Sure, they're the same ones that are hanging on the wall at the, in offices all over the city, yeah, right? So Those automatic I ones. I tell you, you know, I, I, we do have a current or an ex-fire chief that got himself into a little bit of trouble. But that was his thing, that he wanted that, and he pushed that for years and years and years and got to – defibrillators so that the citizens could go grab them at a wall at a pool mm-hmm. or other places like that. So I give him a lot of credit for that, and then give the firemen a lot of credit for pushing that. Are we better off with a public-run ambulance than a private-run ambulance? Mm-hmm. I can't say yes or no right yeah. now as we sit here. But we're going to look at it. You we're going to try and it. take a, a good look at it in the next few months. Yeah, sounds good. We're going to come right back and talk more with Kurt Sale. He is the city councilor for the Central District of Sioux Falls, and uh, we got a couple of, well, we do kind of a lightning round here after this. We'll be right back after this short break. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 445 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. We continue to chat with Kurt Sale. He is the city councilor from the Central District, and we've hit a lot of good topics here. Let's hit, uh, let's hit the, the topic, the most recent uh Hot topic, and that is the appointment of uh, Jason Reisdorfer as the uh, uh, Director of Innovation and Technology. It's something of this nature. Um, Are you comfortable with the fact that he's getting a salary, uh, $147,000, which is basically what the last person in a similar position had? He doesn't have a college degree, and he's got no government experience. 
Are you okay with 140K for this dude? You know, I'm going to let the mayor run with this one. This is his appointment. I'm going to give the mayor the benefit of the doubt that it was the right thing to do. Uh, the salary certainly is a, is quite a eye-opening salary for somebody without the criteria coming in, if he can do what the mayor wants him to do. Mm-hmm. And it's an unusual job. It's not a Correct. You know, it's not director of planning. Yeah, this has been developed by the mayor to, to uh, be innovative and to bring City Hall and all the city government to the next level. Uh, I did reach out to Mr. Ricehofer, and we had lunch, had a great lunch, and I got to know him a little bit, and he comes very highly recommended by a lot of his peers. Uh, he's going to find it frustrating because the innovation that they're going to try and do in a bureaucracy like City Hall is, here's an example. We just approved the budget for 2019. Mm -hmm. If you want to make any substantial changes, guess what? You have to submit it to the budget next year, Mm -hmm. and it's not going to go until January 1st of 2020. Mm -hmm. So we're months and months and months away from things that can change and substantially happen. So, but change sometimes is scary and sometimes very hard for people to accept. If we can do things better in city hall and city government, I'm all open for it. So I'm going to give the mayor the benefit of the doubt on making this selection. And that is his job. Correct. It's the mayor's job to pick these people. He has full authority. He probably doesn't even really need you guys. <laughs> I mean, you you approve some of these director-level uh, positions, but, you know, the fact of the matter is that's what he's supposed to do. You're not going to do that unless something really bad comes out. It's yeah, not I, like a Supreme Court. Well, I don't know of a time that anybody's ever been turned down for an appointment. No. Uh, certainly, we haven't turned down anybody. And this is a new job. It's an interesting job. It's uh, uh, something the, the mayor uh, sees as a great opportunity to change the way government works. So you're going to give them the leeway to do it, right? Correct. Um, the uh, uh, It's kind of old news now. Uh, and you weren't around for a lot of this with the, the village on the river stuff. Okay. But um, are you comfortable now with the way this has worked out in terms of uh, uh, the, the company that's building it and the fact that Mr. Drake still has a financial stake? He's a stakeholder in this. He still looks to gain some money after everything that's gone on with that, with that project and the issues with the Copper Lounge collapse and everything. Are you, are you cool with the way everything is right now? Well, I think it it is what it is, and I don't think there's any changes. We're so far into the contract. I am comfortable with Erica Beck watching it. Uh, I have a lot of confidence in her with her background and the explanations she's given to us on how things work. We are in, this thing is going forward. There's nothing we're going to be able to do to turn it around. I hope and pray that this thing works out as good as it could work out for the city of Sioux Falls. But there are eyes on it all the time. There are people watching it all the time to make sure it's going to go forward. The benchmarks are hit and things are consistently done. Do you think we pay too much uh, as the city? Like we're paying, uh, our proportion is more than it needs to be in terms of building that ramp and and everything that goes into it. As you said, Patrick, I wasn't in on those discussions, Mm -hmm. so I didn't get all the financial data that went into those decisions, so I can't say whether we did or not. Yeah, but you'll just be watching. We'll, we'll be watching. Do you like the idea of these? Uh, I mean, this is the largest public-private partnership we've ever done. Are you are you good with the concept of it? I certainly am. I think that the government today has got to get in line and hold hand in hand with private business to get certain things accomplished. Building a parking ramp all by ourselves is certainly going to help private business. So if we can dovetail some of the infrastructure work that's going to be done along with the private business, I'm hoping it's going to help everybody out. When you look at the financial impact for the sales tax dollars, the property tax dollars, we're going to 
come out, okay, we're not ever going to get our money back out of a $20 million ramp, but it will serve the citizens. You're, as we said earlier, uh, a former fireman, um, and now you're in the insurance business, right? Correct. With Farmers Union? Farmers right? Union, yes. Yeah. Do you, what is the state of the relationship, do you think, between the city and the police and fire unions? As we sit here today, uh, you'd have to ask them what they feel, but I do know the You fire, know a lot of people, Kurt. The Come firemen, uh, the firemen have voted on their contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they passed it, but you'd have to get the exact from them. So I told the mayor when we met right after we were elected, I said, Mayor, I want three things. I want the city to keep going forward. I don't want any controversy, and I want labor peace. So if the employees are happy, it makes it a whole lot better for everything. I have not been in on the negotiations mm-hmm. with the police union or the, or the rest of the union. I hope everybody comes out of this thing satisfied. Nobody gets everything. We know that. Janet Brecky, Councilman Brecky, mm-hmm. and myself sat on the opposite sides of the table when we negotiated contracts for the firefighters. Uh, sometimes those weren't as easy as they have been in other times. But I think you have to come out of there knowing long run the employees are going to be taken care of. And I hope that's what we're going to have. Do you consider yourself the voice of labor on the council to some degree? Oh, to some degree, yeah, just because of my history and knowing and understanding that. But uh, I'm not carrying the flag for anybody. So I want Sioux Falls to go forward, and that means everybody, whether it be labor, management, whatever, I've been on on both sides. Um, There was, uh, under the previous administration, some changes to the retirement process. Um, and, And I don't pretend to know all the nuances of that but do you think that the way that we had a lot of retirements particularly from the police department correct do you think that that those changes have been good for the city overall the city government it saved them a lot of money by going putting the employees in the state retirement plan it's a cheaper excuse me it not cheaper i don't want to say that but it's a less expensive program than what the city was have the benefits are not as rich as the past the pension that I'm getting today was not as rich as what the, the state workers and now the new city employees are going to get. Saved approximately, according to some figures, $300 million of the city's money over the uh, life of the program. So it was up to the employees at that time. I believe they overwhelmingly voted for mm-hmm. it, so I will have to give them the benefit of the doubt. So the retirements are really because there was an opportunity for those particular people because it was changing over. I believe they were given a stipend to Mm -hmm. pay for health insurance. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of them decided, hey, this is a great time to get out. Mm -hmm. I can take a stipend, pay for some of my health insurance and go on about my life. And working for, uh, if you're in a police and fire, especially uniform, it's a tiring, taxing position that people want to get out and get on with the rest of their life. After you get 30 years in, Mm -hmm. or in my case, 20, it's you say, it's time to go do something else. I can't tell you how many times uh, a few of my friends and I have said, why the hell didn't we just become firemen? Because you work hard, right? Right. You work hard for 20, 30 years, and then you retire, and you get to do something else. And in the meantime, you play a little golf, right? You get to play yeah, a little Yeah, there's golf. some good golfers out there, too. <laughs> there's some good golfers. You know, I always said it was a great job because uh, you're with a bunch of people that have like interests. Yeah. Uh, you get to eat kind of foods that your your mom's not going to make you. You know, you can eat <laughs> bacon at every meal if you choose to do that. So it, it was a pretty good job. But it's a it's a good job for young people. Do you think we're covered? I mean, we're, it seems like we're always building fire stations. We're planning new fire stations. Is our, is our fire coverage, as you look at it today, 
adequate or sometimes it seemed like we've gotten so spread out that it's got to be tough to cover that well i would just uh, revert back to there are an iso class one and they're accredited those two things in combination they're only one of 30 some fire departments in the whole country that are that way they have gone to great lengths to have training and that includes water distribution mm-hmm. and all those things so i think we have an, i'll say an excellent fire department today and i think they're in the right locations we are going to add a couple in the long cip budget i see we have so to keep adding right we have to keep those guys out there so they can get to your house it's all the cost of growth yes there's a cost of growth yes it remember is. that kurt sale he is the uh city councilor for the central district of sioux falls uh, Mr. Sale, uh, thank you very much for coming in. Thank I appreciate you, it. We'll have you back again real soon. Thank you. Coming up after the break, we're going to chat about what's coming up next week because I'm not going to be here tomorrow. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Coming up tomorrow, Veterans Stand Down, nine a.m. to two p.m. at the VFW, thirty-six zero one South Minnesota Avenue. It is a service fair for homeless veterans and their families. Services will include legal assistance, meals, clothing, medical treatment, financial information, housing referral, drug and alcohol treatment information, veterans benefits information, and more. It's a lot. It's a good event. Call 330-4552 for more information or go to the calendar at KSO.com. Coming up tomorrow. Oh, no show tomorrow because I'm going racing. I am out of here. My week is over. I am done. I'm getting in the car and I'm putting the bikes on and we are leaving town. But coming up on Monday, it's a great show. Mayor Paul Tenhaken will be my guest. Always good to talk to the mayor and the common man. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Good night.